your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and thank you for joining and making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. So, yes, sir, we have a trade and uh, the Colorado Avalanche, maybe this is what gets the trade season going. Yeah, we had trades in February, but that was February. That was so like that was three years ago. ago. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but now, like we're hitting the ground running when it comes to the trade deadline because it is right around the corner. So we'll get to all of that and then some uh, yeah, Instagram questions thrown our way that we will also uh, bring up. But first things first, follow the show. Social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show over on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. And when literally we go live because we're recording these shows live now over on YouTube. So, all right, Kyle. Uh, yeah, we got word that Avalanche made a deal. And that's the that's the one thing with trade deadlines is especially with the avalanche, you know that they are a buyer. It's mm-hmm. just what are the pieces who, mm-hmm. who makes the de- these deals? And we throw around names all the time and the avalanche aren't done. This is not uh, you no. know, the one move and they're done, but it is a move to get the ball going. Um, and just to recap, um, the avalanche send the 2023 second round pick along with prospect Drew Hellison to the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman uh, Josh Manson. I think it's a very good deal on both sides. We're obviously going to focus on the avalanche side of things. Maybe we'll talk about Drew Hellison if we have time, but he's no longer an av, so I don't care about him. You know? <laughs> Get him out of here. Kind of kidding. Kind of kidding. <laughs> um, but it's, it, I think it's a big move for the avs. They, they do need defensive help. On, yeah. on the depth pairings. Yeah, we love Kale McCarr. Yeah, we love Devon Taves. And we still love Eric Johnson to an extent with Gerard Hurt. They needed help. And I've said many times, like, you can't keep doing the Curtis McDermott two, three, four minutes a night. Sure, he had almost 10 the other night, but they were down guys, clearly, with, with yeah. Landis Gog and Gerard being out. So he was going to have to play a few more minutes. You, this is what you want yeah. in Josh uh, Manson. And you you get the physicality of Curtis McDermott, but a guy that can play top-line minutes if he needs yeah. to. This is perfect. Yeah, it was uh, when the trade came along, and we were talking before we hit record, like if I, you could have gave me $100, and I would have never told you the first move we made was Josh Manson. Like I was, I had a yeah. spoonful of chili about to put in my mouth, not anticipating <laughs> anything going on. And then Did you I do hear a spit take with the chili. I, I, yeah, it was. A, I think it was Weeksy that w- sent that video out saying yeah, that we got did. Josh Manson. And I was like, wow. When you look at the stats, you're like, well, this doesn't throw me at all. Like he's not a scorer, but he wears the A for the Ducks. Hmm. That means something. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking at EJ, he wears the A. And you could put all this value on what EJ brings to the team. 
Manson does the same for the Ducks, and he's going to do the same for the Avs. I mean, he comes from a very hockey-rich family. He's going mm-hmm. to be an excellent contributor for that D pair. And who does he pair up with is going to be the question because right. he, he's a little bit quicker. He's got a great hockey IQ. And what he could, tr- could contribute on the back end is more like a Devin Taze, just not as prolific in the scoring department. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Yes. They, they don't need scoring help on the defensive end. They, they mm-hmm. need someone to soak up minutes uh, to help on a penalty kill. And we're, honestly, what what does Curtis McDermott do other than just throw his weight around, which is helpful from time to time? Uh, but he's not he's not killing penalties out there. Like he's you know he's not doing much clearly yeah. by the time he's spending on the ice. So I think this pretty much spells the end for, in my opinion, for Curtis McDermott, unless there's like more injuries to go around because he has shown he can play on on the forward line if if need be. Uh, but you know you still have someone like Josh McDaniels. Or not McDaniels. Wow. Sorry, Bronco fans. <laughs> that was a that guy right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, McDonald. Yeah. He's still uh, down who I absolutely love and his work yeah. ethic, you know, is second to none. So I just don't feel like there's much room left for McDermott when everybody is back and healthy, which is going to be, you know, in a month. And, yeah. and not only not only McDermott, what about like Ryan Murray? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, well, why don't we go through that? I mean, your, your pairings are, you're, you're going to have obviously your top pairing mm-hmm. with, with Makar and Taze. And I mean, what would you say? And assume everybody's helping. Assume uh, Gerard is back. All right. So we'll, we'll play the game where, where Sammy Gerard is fully healthy. Do you put these two together? That's exactly where I put Manson. Hmm. Uh, because Sammy G's speed, especially if this lower body is, fully healed up and he's back to La Tornade speed. Mm-hmm. Like it's a perfect balance. It's almost like a mirror. Uh, Sam, uh, Sammy, like Sammy G and Manson could be your new Taze McCarr on that second pairing. Uh, Manson, he could, he could play that Taze role and Sammy G is the McCarr. Like one staying home on the blue line facilitating and one getting up there in the play and involved. So I, I I think that's where it's going to end up. And then that third pairing, it's honestly the night. You could cycle in McDermott if you want to go physical. You could put Murray if you need some veteran leadership. You could put Jack Johnson. Like, you could really play with that third pairing a lot. Okay, well, I said assuming everybody is healthy. Mm-hmm. So you also have to include Bone Byram in that. And you know how, you know, if you listen to the show, you know how Kai and I feel about all that. We kind of want him to take the rest of the season off. It just doesn't feel that way to me. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's out there practicing. He's still wearing the red sweater. But if he's, I mean, I don't know. I just get the vibe that he he is going to be back before the playoffs start. Yeah, and it's, whether, it's whether, you know, they're not listening to us on this one, Kyle. I know I have that feeling yeah. like I was talking to my brother from another mother, Vargar, and he was sending out like his dream pairings and Bo Byram was in one of those pairings. And I'm just mm-hmm. I told him I was like, it's one of those. I don't feel comfortable putting him in that position. Like, right. We we are all about just letting him have the year off because concussions are nothing to play around with. But when you see them, every time Bo hits the ice, there's a social media post about it. And everybody's so excited. And even packaging him in some fantasy trades, like, 
I, I still don't want to see him involved, but it feels like he's going to be okay. regardless. So, so let's just assume he is. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You, I mean, you put him on the third defensive pairing with Eric Johnson. I would think you would have to. I think that would be the best spot for him. Can you imagine? Like, think about that for a second. Exactly. Okay. That's what this move does right here. This moment right here. Think about that. Kale McCarr and Devon Taves top pairing, you know, arguably the best in the league pairing. Second unit is Josh Manson and Sammy Gerrard. Third pairing is Bowen Byram, Eric Johnson. Shut up. Yeah. Just give me the cup, bro. Yeah. That's all. Oh my on God. It, honestly, when, when this trade was announced, immediately what I thought was everything that we were complaining about in that Boston game, how we started out in that Buffalo game, you know those games when we start out and that defense feels like it's collapsing on itself and everybody's lost and nobody knows what's going on? It feels like Manson is that immediate fix to that situation. Mm, like he's yeah. got that hockey IQ where he's not going to allow things to collapse on themselves and like the defense to get lost and everybody's swiveling around making sure they know they got their man. Manson has the skill set to quarterback the defensive pairing and to set up that forward line to where they need to go. Yeah. Um, we'll get to his stats in a minute and we'll get to kind of the flip side of that. Like what are the, the pairings right now? Mm. You know, you're going to, you're not going to be with Sammy G for a month. You're not going to be with bone Byram for at least that amount. I would guess. Uh, so what's the pairings look like now? And we'll get into his cap number and his stats and all that stuff. Uh, but first, who do we have for you today? We have bet online and I filled out my bracket. Did, did you? Oh, hang on. There we go. Didn't want that. Uh, did you, did you fill out your bracket yet? Not yet. No, I filled mine out and I think I'll hold off to, to say who I uh, have as the, uh, the winner until a little mm. bit. Do you do one sheet or do you do like dozens? I do a heart and then I do a soul. Ooh, I like that. I'm, I'm going to adopt that. Yeah. I like that very much. But it is that time of year again. As college basketball's big tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. And it remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino game. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all of the action. That is BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right. So, yeah, we were getting into what the, the, the lines or the pairings would look like now. So, obviously, you still have that top pairing uh i mean we have i'm assuming he's gonna be i mean they're going to california Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i mean he's on the way he could you know just take an uber or a turo yeah he uh, yeah yeah, there you go and uh and 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 meet up with them and and be playing tuesday night i don't think is there is there any COVID stuff going on. I don't think that's in play anymore. Cause I, I don't know think you, so. Yeah. I remember. I think that year, all stopped at the all-star break. If I'm not mistaken, they did, re- uh, you know, remove and change a lot of things. I didn't really, I mean, I, I looked at the surface stuff, 
but I didn't really see anything on trades. I would assume he's good to go. I don't think he needs to. There's no more quarantine periods. So uh, yeah, I think, I think the only issue would have probably been going north of the border. But I think yeah, that's true. stateside, I think he's okay. That's true. Um, so he could be on the ice uh, against the Kings. So where would he fit? I mean, with Gerard out, you'd almost have to think he's a second pairing guy. Like we're talking about him being um, a second pairing guy already, even when everybody's healthy. So you would have to think when, you know, you're down some of these players, he would be. Who's he lining up with out there? I say if we're going with who's on the ice right now, just put Manson where McDermott sits and roll with it. So and what you'd have Johnson. Well, you're you're down. Well, not so, you could you could essentially prop up McDermott into the forward line because they went a forward down. It wouldn't hurt, and you could really see what you're going to get out of McDermott on the forward line. And like, like you said, we're not done with the trades. Like, mm. you could see what you're going to get, and also showcase him what he can do on the forward. Like, yeah. Ultimately, when this team gets healthy, McDermott is going to be your scratch. So, mm. oh yeah, yeah. I you could you you could at least see what you have going forward. So, right. Um. As far as stats for him go, I mean, nothing is going to wow you, but that's not his game. Um, his best season was in 17-18, played all but two games, seven goals, 30 assists, 37 points. He had a plus minus of 34. Um, and only, I say only, 62 penalty minutes. Yeah. So, you know, for a big-bodied guy, what is he, like 215, 220 pounds? Yeah, I think he's like 218. Yeah, 6'3", yeah. 218. He's a big boy. You know what I mean? Like he he's cousin Eddie. And, yeah. Yeah, he's big beastly man. So he's not going to get pushed around, but he you know, he he it seems like he plays a smart game. He's going to play a physical game, but he plays a smart game. The past couple seasons seems like he's fought like an injury bug. So um some people are wondering if he's like on the downside because he turned 30. And when that happens, everybody kind of just a red flag goes up and if you turn 30 and your production starts to go down, everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, no." Yeah. Reel it in. He's done. No, yeah. like this is I always say it's like a New York Yankees move. You, you you bring a guy who has had good years that are behind him, mm-hmm. bring him into a situation like what the Colorado Avalanche are doing right now. And I have every reason to believe that this guy is going to be invigorated to do what he's done in, in seasons past. I, I have full faith in that happening. Yeah, you got to especially look like he's not playing on Anaheim anymore. Like, if you're doing what you're doing in Colorado, you're going to see the fruits of your labor instead of what you're doing, keeping the team afloat. Like, it's going to be a a welcome change for Manson when he gets here. Yeah, and I I didn't mention that the Avalanche, uh, well, I should say the Ducks, retained 50% of his salary, which his cap number, I think, was 4.1%. Um, yeah, so that's like a every two. little bit helps, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, with the as being up against the cap, uh, we got no information on Gabe Landeskog, at least on Monday, of of how it went, uh, you know, if they're LTIRing him, any of that stuff. And, and we so might not for a couple of days, but if they do LTIR the t- uh, Sammy G and Gabe with mm-hmm. Manson, that should leave us about 10 million. Yeah. If you're getting, if they're retaining half. Well, and then, and then the half is prorated, so I don't. It's even less than the four. 
uh, because it's where okay. it's at. Like, yeah, now yeah, true. So it's it's less than than the four. So and you're you're basically like with Hellison leaving, like that's understandable. That's a second round pick. Basically, yeah. you haven't really got to see him on the ice. So you're right. basically getting rid of a second round pick for. I think Manson was a six round pick when he, he was, was yeah. drafted. So. Yeah. And you know what you're getting with this. Instead of gambling in the future, you're gambling on a now. That's exactly right. And and there's some people that just love prospects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And think every single prospect is going to pan out. You know, law of averages says they're not. No. So, uh, and I'm not saying Drew Hellison isn't, but yeah. you know what you're getting with Manson. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like, do, do why would you hold on to Drew Hellison, who's still a couple years away uh, then then because you have to go after this thing right now. Yeah. Enough is enough. You know what I mean? Avalanche fans and even the Avalanche franchise are, are just, you know, you, you have your window, you are in the middle of your window and you can't keep just waiting for prospects to, yeah. to emerge. You have to make these moves like this now. And they did. And it's not the last one. We're probably going to lose another prospect or two when this is all said and done. And I'm okay with it because you have to go utilize the window that you have. And, oh, guess what? If the Avalanche are good at drafting, and I know they've lost a lot of draft picks, uh, they can they can do this again. They can yeah. go get prospects again. They're obviously good at it. So this isn't the end for that. So it, it's, it's a win-now mentality, and you have to sacrifice some of the future and your unproven prospects for deals like this. So look at, look at your top line. Those are prospects that we gambled on. Kale McCarr is a, a prospect that we gambled on. All of these prospects that you're building for, look at the standings. This is what you use prospects to build for. Mm. We're here. You don't want to keep holding on to all these saying we're building, we're building. No, look at the standings. We're where we have been trying to get. We have built to this point. There, it's yep. Don't hold those prospects so close because you're where you need to be. You need to build on putting the roof on this beautiful house that we built because this is where we need to be. Mm, love it. Um, and we'll get to Kale McCarr when we get to our Instagram questions uh, just about that, about, you know, the uncertainty of prospects, even if they're the number one pick in the draft, the number two or number 32, it, it's a crapshoot. It always mm-hmm. is. Um, all right. We'll get to those right after we hear from Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands that their warehouse happens to carry? Well, you have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today. To find the solution to your auto parts needs, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, uh, we have some Instagram questions that we want to get to. So if you are watching on YouTube, I'll throw them up on the screen. Kyle and I will discuss them and we'll get to as many as we can if we go a little long. Oh, well, it's 
Oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these are coming straight from the Instagram people. So let's throw these up on here. We'll move some screenage around so you can see it big time. There you go. Uh, apart from Drew, we'll start with a, a trade question since we're on that topic anyway. Uh, apart from Drew and possibly Miller, what player or players would you trade before the trade deadline? Go ahead, Mr. Shaggy. Honestly, this is a question that if you would ask me maybe before January, like around December, I was really high on the John Gibson or Thatcher Demko. Um, like I would have loved to shore up that goalie position, but we're good there. Um, and with Manson, that really negates who like the Ben Sherratt. I really liked the idea of Ben Sherratt, but honestly, it's, after we acquired Manson, I think the last thing we need is one more forward, veteran forward that can score. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. And I I was uh, I, I was all in on Jacob Chikrin, yeah. all in on that. I mean, that is a gorgeous uh, contract that he's got for multiple seasons. Um, but now he got injured, and mm-hmm. he's going to be out for two to four weeks. So you wonder about that. Um, venture out would have been nice. I, I wouldn't have been against that one. Um, I'm trying, there was another guy out there that I was, was looking for. Oh, uh, Andrew cop. Oh he yeah. Got hurt. Yeah. He got hurt too. So the kind of the two guys I was kind of looking forward to maybe being on the move to the abs, both got injured. I haven't heard what cop is, but I know, well, I know it's a concussion mm. and I think the avalanche are very cautious of, uh, concussions right now, obviously with bone Byram. So, um, Maybe he really wasn't on the radar, but uh, it would have been nice to have those two guys because I agree with you. I think they need they need defense, uh, defense which they addressed. Um, and now I do. I think it's I think Giroux. I don't know, man. I just feel like that's a slam dunk. I I don't know why. I just feel like it's happening. He wants to play a thousand games in Philly, and I think the next morning you're going to wake up to a deal between the Flyers and the Avs. I just feel like they're just waiting it out because he wants that. I um, honestly, we talked about brackets, heart and soul. Like, yeah, Jeru sounds great. I honestly, I would do anything for JT Miller on this team. Yeah. You could, t- I, you could never... take my pinky toe and I will, I will, <laughs> I will offer up a pinky toe for JT Miller. I've just never have thought that that's, you know, a serious move for them. I don't know why. I, I, I feel like they dangled him out there to see what the market was like if they could get some sort of King's Ransom for him. And it's not there, so they're going to hang on to him. He has another year left, so we might be revisiting this next year. Uh, it's it's one of those, I've, with JT Miller, what he could do on the scoring side, his, his veteran presence that he has, honestly, and with next year being kind of rocky when it comes to contracts, Knowing you have JT Miller for one more year is a little bit of peace of mind going into that. All right, next question. Let's get this one up on the big screen. Move things around again. I love how I have to do this every single time, but whatever. Why does Kadri get kicked out of so many faceoffs? Uh, that's a easier question asked than answered. There's many reasons why he gets kicked. It's not one reason. And sometimes it might, might not even be him. Yeah, uh, it could be, you know, if if his teammates are knocking around with, with the other player, uh, the, the opponent that can cause him to get kicked out. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's what happens, but it, could, it literally could be the way his skates are faced. Yeah. 
If his skates are not facing forward, he gets kicked out. If his stick is lifted ever so slightly off the ice, he can get kicked out. There's so many reasons. And and that's the, the, the funny thing about faceoffs is you're never given a reason why. I mean, the, the game happens so quick and they need, they can't stop the game and say you, it's not like addressing a penalty. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, you're not saying why it's just, he got kicked out. There is a dozen reasons why I wish I knew if there was one thing that he keeps doing over and over again, because then you can address it. But I don't feel like there is because he keeps getting kicked out. If there was one thing he'd stop getting kicked out because you'd work on it. I, I feel being the, the cadre stand around here. I feel like what he does, he jumps the face offs. He gets in on them early. Right. And when he's caught, I feel like this is something that's like common knowledge amongst the refs. Like, hey, Nas is going to try and jump it, and a lot of referees will test him, and he fails. And if you've watched the game in the past two weeks, you know Nas gets mouthy. And when he gets mouthy, he is sent to he is sent out of the circle, and someone else comes in for that. So I feel like this is something because we talk about veteran. He is a veteran. He's been playing a while. And I feel like the referees are on to because he has a great faceoff percentage. And I feel like that has something to do with it. He jumps it a little early. He times up these referees and they bait him when he jumps. They're like, hey, and he starts yelling, just drops the puck, gets mouthy. They send him out. They don't deal with it. And I feel like that's where it is. You know what I wish they would do? Because it seems like whenever someone gets kicked out, the guy who replaces him, refs drop the puck immediately. Exactly have someone else go in and intentionally get kicked out and have him replace that guy. <laughs> Tell then me that you, wouldn't work. Yeah. Then you'll have coaches in your ear. Like, yeah, it's that yeah. would. Yeah. I, I exactly right there with what Beth's saying, like the, the fake pumps, like the yeah. refs, they, they do that the a puck. lot. She's right. They just drop the puck. <laughs> that's, Exactly. It's it. like, like, well, you know, refs like to be, you know, a part of the game, and that's their way of being part of the not, game. They, not they, West Macaulay. You're, you're crazy. West Macaulay does not want to be in the limelight. I don't know what you're okay, talking. You're, about. you're talking about one ref <laughs> out of the, you know, at any given time, like thirty refs that are going on around the league. Yeah. Like, uh, whatever. Uh, let's <laughs> see here. Let's. Okay. Here, here's one that we're gonna. This might start fights. I don't know. Uh, Peter Forsberg or Gabe Landeskog. You know, I mean, that that's as simple as a question as you can ask, but it makes you stop and think. Honestly, if you have been through both of their timelines and watch both players, if you're asking me to start a team right now to win a cup, Mm -hmm. Peter Forsberg is my all time favorite Avalanche player, mm-hmm. Gabe Landeskog's who you build a team around. He's he's got the longevity. He's got yeah. the leadership. Well, he does have that. You're right. Well, we think he's got the longevity. He, he's well, he's still got a ways to go, but he's on track for it. Like we we talked about this before. Like when we had the Mount Rushmore episode, Forsberg is looked back fondly in hindsight, but injuries were such a huge problem for Forsberg they were if this was a one game scenario give me Forsberg all day if you're wanting me to build a team and win a cup it's Gabe Landeskog yeah Peter Forsberg is like the Terrell Davis of the Mm. Colorado Avalanche 
Um, for me, this, I mean, you said Peter Forsberg is your favorite avalanche player of all time. He is my favorite player of all time. Really? Uh, on any, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely loved watching that dude play. So for me, um, I say this is a no brainer, but that's not to slight Landeskog at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would take Forsberg, but when all is said and done, when Landeskog is at the end of his career as an av, uh, he's in the conversation of, you know, is he the one of the best avalanche of all time? And is he one of the best captains of all time in, yeah. in avalanche history? And he's in that conversation. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he's in that conversation when it's all said and done. So it's, it's a good, I mean, the other thing about this is you can't go wrong with either one of these guys. No, but there's no wrong answer. Me, no, for me, it's, it's Forsberg just because he was, he, he was being a kid and watching someone like work like that, that hard was just, uh, it instills uh, a lot in a a youth hockey fan when yeah. you're watching that. So and and yeah, Gabe Landeskog is going to make a great assistant general manager one day. You think he's going to go up into the the suits? Out afterward? of everyone on the team right now, Gabe is your. He is going to be in that office with Joe Sakic. Could be. Could be. Uh, and the last one, this is, uh, always, uh, this is always fun to go back <clears throat> and, uh, check on old drafts. Would the abs have drafted Cal McCarr if they had won the draft lottery in 2017? I always love doing this going back mm-hmm. and kind of like redrafting, so to speak. Um, but this is a good one. Uh, the, the abs coming off of the dumpster fire of a season, had the best odds to get the number one pick. They couldn't do worse than fourth, and they did fourth. Yeah. And uh, as a consolation prize, they nabbed Kale McCarr. The rest is history. He's the greatest player on the planet. I, I was waiting for laughter, but no. Oh, no, no. He's no. up there. I mean, he's, you know. he's, uh, there's no denying it. Yeah. Especially so, if you look at that class. Uh, well, so go back. I mean, if you were to redraft, he's number one. Mm-hmm. hands down but you know put yourself in that position in 2017 would they still have gone with him i don't hear as much about the 2017 draft on what the abs wanted to do outside of kale than you hear when they drafted nathan mckinnon first overall yeah that was seth jones all the way yeah I, I, the avalanche were set on seth jones and if it wasn't for patrick Waugh, would have gone with seth jones um, so you heard it like, you know, that story. I don't know the story of, of Kale McCarr and, and if they were heading in his direction, no matter what, I genuinely don't know. Um, but, you know, obviously they lucked out. Nolan Patrick was the 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 diamond in the rough and for, for that draft. He was the consensus number one. And then he didn't even go number one. Yeah. So. And look where he is now. Look where he's traded in uh, Vegas. I remember this 2017 draft very vividly because I remember being obsessed with this draft for some reason and just really wanting to know what the Avalanche were going to do, especially after that bad season. I remember being at work listening to Sportsnet and like hockey writers and hockey news. Like I was ingesting everything. And it was something about the 11th hour right before that draft this Kale McCarr guy just started surging and like, cause it was almost like a foregone conclusion. Like Nolan Patrick's going to be the answer. He's going to change a team and win a cup and whoever gets him is going to 
they're going to be rocketed to like a contender. And then it was like the 11th hour, like things started changing really quick. And I think I've, I've, I've heard a couple times like the Avalanche, even if they would have got one, they were so high up on Kale McCarr that they would have taken Kale McCarr. And something about that scouting or something that came out really just started inflating Kale McCarr. And I've, I honestly feel like even if you didn't know how these players would turn out, I think the Avs would have taken Kale McCarr if they had the one, two, or the three. It's very, very possible. Um and you even heard with the 2019 draft that the Az were very high in Bowen Byram. Mm-hmm. You know, if if I, I think Jack Hughes was the, the you know consensus number one, if the Avs had gotten number one, they would have taken Jack Hughes. Yeah. But if they were anywhere else, if they were at number two, and a lot of people had Hughes and Capocaco mm-hmm. one and two all over the place, I, I I've heard things where outside of number one. The Az were taking Bowen Byram. I heard no the same. What. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, but for some reason, I have not heard what the Az would have done outside of of Kale McCarr. Um, I mean, you had a, a pretty decent draft. It wasn't like the best draft, but I mean, you, you had Shane Bowers <laughs> selected late in the round, which yeah. you still have him. I mean, Ottawa took him, obviously, but um, I don't know. It's a really good question. Uh, maybe we can do some efforting and see if if we can kind of dig something up. But you're never I don't really feel like you're going to get a true answer. Like the the McKinnon, yeah. the McKinnon story is out there that is known. Um, the Byram thing, I think that's a little bit conjecture. I think it's, you know, it's what we assume it's what we think we know. And at this stage in the game, if you ask anybody in the front office of the avalanche it's oh absolutely we were taking it yeah (laughs) it's our advanced scouting of course (laughs) no doubt about it so uh yeah i don't think you would get the right answer anyway but i don't care we we got them um and you know the rest is history so yeah what a day though man uh it's been a it's been a busy few days for the abs on on saturday with all the injuries and signing pablo Francois, and now today with the trade for Josh Manson. Uh, and like we said in the beginning, abs are not done. So, uh, you know, what's less than a week before the deadline is said and done. This kind of shows the abs are kind of moving and wanting to get these deals done ASAP. But if they are in on Drew, that might have to wait a few more days. Yeah. We'll see. But that will be it for today. Uh, abs take the ice against the LA Kings. We will be talking about that tomorrow and anything else that happens to pop up because it seems to be uh, a lot of news going around following the Colorado avalanche. But until then, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked on Avalanche podcast. Thank you for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, abs, go!